In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, good afternoon, folks. I hate to break the spell there, but my name is Ken, and I'm the leader of the church here. And I'm sure on your behalf you'd uh, love me to thank uh, Ian Joy, our choir master, and uh, the choir for all their efforts uh, this afternoon. Why don't we give them a round of applause? I don't know if you've heard the story of the mum and dad who are wondering what to get for their two children for Christmas. Their girl is an optimist. Uh, She's happy-go-lucky all the time, but the boy was a pessimist, always worrying and bothering about everything. And so they really wanted to, to lift him up at Christmas, so they bought him this beautiful train set. And for the girl, they filled the garden shed with horse manure. Don't worry, this isn't a a true story. Don't start phoning the RSPC just yet. So Christmas Day rolls around and they go downstairs and they find the boy in the living room, tears rolling down his eyes. What's wrong, they ask him. Oh, I can't quite figure out how to fit it all together and I I keep jabbing myself with bits of the track and and even if I do get this all working, I'm only going to go and electrocute myself, aren't I? You can't win, can you? That moment, though, they hear shouts of great delight and joy from the back garden. So, so they head on out to investigate, and they find the girl gleefully digging scoop after scoop of manure from the garden shed with her bare hands. They, 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 so they ask her, do you like this present? And she says, yes, yes, of course. I haven't found it yet, but there's bound to be a pony in here somewhere. Folks, I wonder how you're approaching Christmas this year. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? Perhaps this year has been one of great opportunity and new things and and great excitement. And you, you hope for the same again next year. More of the same would be great. Then again, maybe this year hasn't been the easiest. Maybe the last few years haven't been the easiest. And you fear, you worry what the future will hold. 
or wherever you're coming from, I, I wonder not just how you're feeling about whatever comes next, but how do you feel about God in the midst of it? I mean, here we are gathered together to enjoy the candles and the choir and the carols and do the whole God thing. But it can all seem so remote, so distant, can't it? It's sentimental, yes. It's a lovely experience, but it can seem so far, far away from the real world. And maybe we wonder, is God really there? And if he is, is he knowable? And is he on my side and actually worth knowing? Or is God an idea in my head? And you have a totally different idea about that. But we can't really figure out what's right or wrong, what's the reality or not. We're just left scratching our heads and guessing. Well, Christmas says, yes, yes, we can know. We really can. As I don't know if you noticed in that first Bible reading we had this evening, that Ben read from John chapter 1. John tells us this. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So, yes, there is a God. I mean, deep down, we all have that sneaking suspicion, don't we? We see hints of him in creation. We hear him whisper in our consciences. But then here comes the mind blow, folks. As John tells us that this word, who's not only with God in the beginning, but is actually God himself, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. See what John's saying here? This person who became a child at Christmas in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, he is none other than God himself. Jesus is God in the flesh. Come as a man. Come to meet us. Come to be with us. So we can stop guessing and we can know. See, God is like the kid at the football. I don't know if you're into football, but, but uh, you might have seen when they're interviewing somebody outside the ground, there's, there's quite often some, some kid or other in, in the background of the interview jumping up and down, waving their arms around, trying to be seen on the camera. Well, that's what God is like at Christmas. He's, he's saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. So if ever you've thought to yourself, if there is a God, why does he make himself more obvious? Folks, he has. He is not hiding. He wishes to be seen and to be heard. And so he has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. And when Jesus came, he showed us that God is he's not only there, but he is for us. And he wants the best for us. As John also tells us that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. At your work, Christmas party, or, or, or maybe your family uh, gathering on Christmas Day, uh, there's every chance that there's one person who's going to be there who brings the party. Someone who's good to be around. Someone who always livens things up. Someone who makes things better simply just by being there. Have you got someone in mind as I say that? Maybe you might even say, oh, Auntie Helen, she's the life and soul of the party. Well, that's exactly what John 
is saying about Jesus here. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus is the life and soul of the party. He is the life and soul of life. You know, you might find it surprising to hear me talk about God in that way. I mean, after all, there's this view of God, isn't there, that he is against everything that is fun, enjoyable, exciting, pleasurable, or fattening. But John says, no. There may be Christians like that, but Jesus isn't. He brings light and life to all who turn to him and put their trust in him. If you don't believe me, then then, then when you go home, why don't you try and find the next chapter of John's gospel, John chapter two, which shows us Jesus changing water into wine at a wedding. Jesus also told story after story about how heaven isn't isn't simply going to be tuning harps and polishing halos. No, it's going to be a great banquet. It's going to be an eternal party of feasting joy. There was something magnetic about Jesus when he was on earth, about his personality. Crowds flocked to him and and followed him wherever he went as he healed the sick and he made the blind see and he uh, fed 5,000 people with one little boy's tiny packed lunch and raised the dead. (laughs) As if he was just waking them up from an afternoon nap. (laughs) Folks, read the accounts of Jesus' gospels. If you've never done that as an adult, you really must. But as you read them, you will see that Jesus really does bring the party. And John tells us not only that, but that he also made the party in the first place. All things were made through him, he says. And without him was not anything made that was made. Don't know what's on your Christmas list this year. What you're you're really hoping or looking forward to unwrapping on the 25th. I also don't know what uh, you've uh, enjoyed or really appreciated about this year. But Jesus is called the Word because when he speaks, all those things that we're grateful for, he brings into being. And that's not just your favorite possessions and things you like to do. It includes you. You yourself. He made you. And it also includes, by the way, the people you love are those people who are kind enough to love you too. Not to mention the world and the universe itself. Everything that has been made was made by him. Everything. Okay, you might say, okay, if Jesus is God and he's all loving and powerful and all of that, Why is the world in such a mess then? Well, John says, yes, there is darkness in the world. There's real darkness. We all know about it. But look at where it comes from. He says that though Jesus was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. What is the root cause of all the darkness? Folks, it's us. We live in God's world ignoring the one who made it. God comes to us in Jesus, having given us every good gift we have. 
offering us life in all its fullness and we won't recognize or receive him. I don't know if you saw the planets, that BBC series on the solar system that was on over the summer, but if you did, then, then you will know that it was absolutely stunning. The universe is amazing, isn't it? And one of the things that really struck me as I watched was that the further you move away from the sun and its light and its warmth in the center, then the darker and the colder it gets. And folks, the same is true of us when we turn our backs on God. Jesus is the central character of the universe. So when we move away from him, it gets colder and darker in our world. That is why we hurt the ones we love the most. That's why there's so much relationship breakup and distrust amongst us. That's why there's so much abuse. That is why more and more people struggle with mental illness. And some people can't handle living anymore. That's why there is disease and death even. And it's why we feel powerless to do anything about it all. But God is not powerless. And that is why he sent Jesus. Because Christmas isn't just God revealing himself to us. Christmas is God come to call us back into the light of his love. Which is why John goes on to say, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, in Jesus, God does something to bring us back into relationship with him. And I would guess that some of you are experiencing that right now, even as you're sitting there. You know that God is calling you to come and be his child. That he's calling you to turn back to him, to be born again, to start life with him again. Not based on your efforts, but because God in Jesus Christ has reached out to you in love. Let me finish with this. When I was at university, I babysat a four-year-old boy called Connor who loved to play hide-and-seek. So he asked me, uh, when I'd go around to babysit, he asked me the first time, uh, would you like to play? And I said, yes. But I'd played enough games with little children to know that you've got to get the rules established right from the start. I don't know if you found this. Because if there is a ruling in the middle of the game, then it is likely to go against you. So I said to Connor, how do we play? And he said, oh, it's easy. You close your eyes and count to 10. And then I go and hide behind the dining room door. And you have to come and find me. And I said, Connor, have I got this right? I close my eyes, I count to 10, you hide behind the dining room door, and then I come and find you. Are those the rules? And he said, yes, those are the rules. So I closed my eyes, I counted to 10, and then I shouted, coming, ready or not. And from behind the dining room door, he bellowed, I'm ready. 
Folks, I have found that to be the case playing hide-and-seek with most small children. The fun is not in the hiding, but in the wanting to be found. I experienced that, especially with my youngest daughter. I never really had to look that hard for her because as soon as I would come looking, she would jump out and run into my arms for a great big hug. She knew that the richness of the whole thing was not actually the game, but it was the relationship. What matters, mattered most was who she was doing it with. And do you see that John is telling us here, he's telling us that Christmas shows us that God doesn't want to be distant. He is wanting to be found. In fact, in Jesus, he has come looking for us. He has come out into the open and he is waiting with arms open wide for you to run into them as his child. Jesus The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. And he longs for us to come back to him and and do life with him every day for the rest of our lives until he returns to fully and finally bring us back to himself forever in eternal glory. So don't be content to drift on in the darkness. Make this the very happiest of Christmases by coming back to him, the light of life. Amen.